At the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. So what is going on here? If you read the chapter before, um, David, he sent some of his servants over to Ammon. Uh, He had heard that the king of Ammon had died, and that king's son was now reigning in Ammon. Well, David sent these uh, servants to um, mourn for the king because um, that king had showed kindness to David. Well, the servants got there, and they were going to, you know, show that David was mourning for uh, the king that had passed. And the new king, his servants, they said, hey, you know, David says he's sending these guys to mourn, you know, your father, but they're just here to spy out the land, you know. So uh, they, um, they did some uh, things to the servants and sent them back to David and uh, Basically, it wasn't anything uh, that, um, at that time, it, it was, for those men, it was something that was very shameful. And David, he met them halfway and said, you know, just stay here and, uh, until the situation is resolved or whatever. So anyways, um, they ended up going to war with Ammon over this. And over a period of time now, we see that uh, Israel is um, at Rabbah. And they've put a siege on the city. This is, prob- this is the main city of Ammon. So David, probably during this siege, siege, when a city is sieged, it's not a quick process, is it? You know, we, we can go back to history and we can see some sieges, you know, they take months sometimes. Um, so this siege, David probably was like, you know what? <laughs> I could go out there and I could hang around for a few months or I could just stay here at my palace and... You know, stay in the comfort of this, of everything that I have here. He said, yeah, you know, I think I'm just going to stay here and send Joab. So we come to chapter 11 of 2 Samuel and we see David. He's at his palace. This is a time when he should have been at Rabbah with his men. So the first thing that I want us to see tonight in David's failure and his path to that is his neglect of responsibility. Uh, He neglected um, his responsibility. Uh, the Bible says in verse 1 that it's a time when kings were at war. Uh, David, he said, nope, I'm going to stay in the comfort of my palace. Uh, you know, he said, oh, I'm going to take my armor off, set it aside, and I'm just going to hang out here. Um, he was more concerned about uh, his personal comfort than about what was going on, about the end goal of that, that siege and uh, being with his men there. Uh, He was in his comfort zone. He wanted to stay there. Uh, So, to apply this to ourselves, be careful when you start to get comfortable with where you're at. You know, you get comfortable, you want to start taking your armor off, your spiritual armor. And once you start doing that, you start taking your defense off. When you start taking your defense off, that's right when Satan wants to attack you, when you're at your weakest point. Be careful about getting into a comfort zone in your spiritual life. When we get comfortable and start to sit down, it's at that point we become most vulnerable. Uh, We need to keep our focus. We need to realize that, hey, if we're going to be in this battle, we got to stay sharp. We can't uh, let our guard down. And uh, our battlefield, we know it's the world around us. 
it's the things that Satan he would like to use to get at us, but also we need to look at the goal of those, the people that are lost around us. You know, we need to stay sharp so we can be able to witness to them, to be a light to them. You know, when we start letting our guard down and we start, you know, forgetting what the whole point of our life is, uh, that's when we become to, to lose our, our vision and when we become ineffective. When we're not where we're supposed to be at, that's right where the devil wants us. So we need to be careful because Satan, he's waiting for every opportunity to make us useless for the cause of Christ. David, he neglected his responsibility. Um, not only did he neglect to do what he was supposed to be doing there, he just he handed that responsibility totally over to Joab. And he said, Joab, you go do this for me, and you know, I'll, just, I'll just wait here until the end result. Uh, David, he wasn't at war, and he sent his right-hand man, Joab, to battle in his place to take command. We need to be careful that we don't assume that someone else is going to just you know, take care of what we're not doing, right? If we're not all in this together, for instance, uh, you know, in the softball team, if everyone's given 100%, but then there's this one guy who says, nah, I don't think I will. He's just going to stand out there in the outfield and twiddle his thumbs. Ball gets hit to him, and he probably just watches it. Oh, yeah, that was a great hit. Watches it land there. What's going to happen? <laughs> the other team's going to score runs. We're going to lose, right? So... Um, Everybody's got to be in this together. You can't, if one person assumes that somebody else is going to do their job for them, that leaves a hole. The more holes there are, that's when we become ineffective. Everyone needs to be doing their part. We need to fulfill the responsibilities that God has given to us. You know, one day we are all going to give an account to God for the things that we've done here on this earth. 1 Corinthians 3.12, it tells us that our work is going to be judged by fire. So after your work is judged by fire, what's going to be left? In the Bible, in that passage, it talks about wood, hay, and stubble, and also precious uh, gems. But if we don't do anything for Christ, if we are just living for ourselves, there's not going to be anything to offer back to the Lord. We, when we neglect our responsibility, we open ourselves up for failure. And we need to be very careful that we don't justify what we're doing. The Bible says in Proverbs 16:2 that all the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Jeremiah also tells us that our heart is desperately wicked, and not even we can know it. Only God sees our heart for what it truly is. To apply this to ourselves, um, we need to make sure we are not neglecting our relationship with God. We need to be in His Word and praying and seeking His will for our lives, not getting into our comfort zone. We need to be sharing the gospel when we have opportunity. We need to be asking God for opportunity to share the gospel. Neglecting your walk with the Lord, it will eventually lead you into sin. 
you know, we can counter this by taking action. The Bible tells us to study, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Uh, I find it hard sometimes, like in my devotions, it's so easy to just read your couple of chapters, however many that is a day, and then say, yep, that's good. And, you know, you might remember the gist of the story, but uh, so often we fail to actually study God's Word and find out what it's saying. Um, It wasn't until recently, uh, just this passage um, uh, in 2 Samuel 11 here, I... uh, I was very familiar with this passage. I wasn't really familiar with the chapter before. Like, I'd read through, I've read that chapter several, several times, but I just never put everything together. And up until recently, it started to make sense what was going on. David, you know, this this isn't just a time when, you know, kings decide, all right, at such and such date, we're all going to come out and war together. And then, you know, after it's over, we'll come back next year and do it again, right? It's It's not set up like that. There was something going on before, right? So... Um, when, when we take the time and the effort to study God's Word, that's when the Lord's going to show us um, what we need to be doing, how to live. Um, certainly He can show us things if we just read, but we'll get a lot more out of it when we actually take the time to study. So, so first, don't neglect your responsibility uh, to be in God's Word to share the gospel. Make sure that every day you are taking and making time to build your relationship with the Lord. So the first step in David's failure here, he neglected his responsibility. Then we see David's failure. All right, This is in verses uh, 2 through 4. It says, And it came to pass... And an evening tide, that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman, and one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned unto her house. So... David's failure here, the first thing I saw in this was that David, he saw Bathsheba. Was that wrong? Just that first he saw her? No. He could have saw her and said, oh, I need to go somewhere else right now. (laughs) You know, he had this big palace that he could have gone and done something else, but he chose to stay and look and start thinking about that what he was seeing. And then he acted upon that. You know, the Bible warns us of the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. We know that that is at the heart of every sin, and that was at the heart of David's sin. You know, we can counter these three things by choosing humility, by walking in the Spirit. That's Galatians 5, 24-25. And then... um, this is the best way I could put it, is fill your brain with God's Word. You know, what, what did Jesus do when Satan was trying to tempt him in the wilderness? Jesus used Scripture to counter that. You know, so, so many times 
when we read about what Jesus did on this earth, he was setting an example for us. You know, so we need to look to his example and we can counter the attacks of Satan in the same way that Jesus did. And that is with using God's word. You know, I don't carry my Bible around with me everywhere or my phone that has a, an app on it. You know, the best thing that you can do is memorize scripture. Um, you know, memorize key verses, especially for witnessing um, the Romans road. Uh, that's a great, um, great set of verses to be able, be able to just share with anyone who is, you know, maybe seeking and asking questions about God. Um, there's so many verses in the Bible that we can go to and memorize that will help us on a daily basis. Um, Lot, he had a similar, um, he followed the similar, uh, some similar steps that David did when he went to Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Uh, he pitched his tent towards Sodom. We're familiar with this story, um, so I'm not going to linger on it too much, but he pitched his tent towards Sodom. He said, this land is good. I'm going to pitch my tent here. This is uh, good fields for my, um, for my uh, cattle and sheep and whatever animals he had. He said, this is a good place to stay. And, you know, he saw the city over there. He's like, man... I wonder what's going on over there. And eventually, you know, after he thought about it for a while, he said, that's probably better for me to just go, go live in the city. After a while, he lived in the city, and he pretty much became as the, people, as same, the same as the people there in Sodom and Gomorrah. And we know what happened there. That was not a good place for Lot to be in or his family, and God destroyed that wicked place. You know, sin it will eventually bring you to destruction. Um, a better example that we can look at is Elimelech um, in the book of Ruth. If you just want to turn over there to Ruth real quick. Ruth chapter 1. Now Elimelech, his sin wasn't fornication or anything like that. It was just simply neglecting to follow God's word. Um, and he followed, he, he followed the same steps that really that David did. He saw what he thought was better. And he said, you know what? I, I'm going to do this because I think this is best for me. He went and then we see how it destroyed his life. But Elimelech, it says in Ruth chapter 1, it says, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malon and Kilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. Elimelech took his family to Moab. It was in the time of famine, and he had no intention of staying there long term. Um... But eventually, his family, they weren't just there to, for a short time. They were dwelling there. Uh, they'd made that their home. You say, well, Johnny, you know, there's really not very much in this passage that says he's doing anything wrong. You know, there's a time of famine and there's no food. So, you know, he did what I would do. I would go somewhere where there was food, right? 
Well, if you look over in uh, Deuteronomy, I, I didn't write this passage down. I, I should have. I didn't think I was going to go this far in, into it. But Deuteronomy, I want to say... Maybe three... Uh, I can't. I can't remember off the top of my head what it is. In Deuteronomy, though, um, God tells the children of Israel not to go to Moab, not to seek their wealth or anything from the Moabites. Um, he laid it out very clearly. I wish I I could remember that off the top of my head, but I I can't. I apologize for that, but. Um, God, he had laid out for the children of Israel not to go to Moab. And Elimelech, we see that he did exactly what God told the children of Israel not to do. He went to Moab to seek their wealth. To, and eventually, we see that Elimelech, he died there and his two sons. Sin always has consequences. Because Elimelech, he ignored the godly counsel that God had for him. You notice in verse 1 there, it says it was in the time of the judges. So he had someone he could go to. Um, he had uh, the, the first five books of the Bible um, that he could have gone to. But Elimelech, he ignored, he ignored all of that. And he went on his wisdom, not God's. And this eventually led uh, to his death and um, the death of his two sons. And we know that God used that situation and brought glory to Himself through it. But we need to be careful about the decisions that we make because our decisions don't affect just us, but they affect others around us as well. And we see that with David. He, uh, he made some poor decisions, and we see his failure. Um, now we can see that he, he had regret over this. Um, Go back to 2 Samuel and go to chapter 12. So David, he committed adultery with another man's wife, and in his efforts to cover up his sin, uh, he murdered Uriah. He called Uriah back from the battlefield, and he tried to cover his sin up with him, and it wasn't working. So he sent Uriah back with a message to Joab, the captain of the army. And the message told Joab to put Uriah, the man giving Joab the message, he said to Joab to put Uriah at the forefront of the hottest battle. He wanted to make sure Uriah was going to die. Um, so in his effort to cover up his sin, he murdered Uriah. And um, really, it's just a very, very wicked thing to do. Sin will make you do things that you don't want to do. Um, we see David's regret. Chapter 12, we're going to read um, verses 1 through 13. It says, And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little uh, uh, ewe lamb which he had bought and nourished up. 
and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me, and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes, and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. For thou didst it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the Son. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. So here we see that David, he realized that he had really messed up. And he regretted what he had done to Uriah. From this point on in David's life, we see his family life was a mess. Um, he had family, his own family trying to kill him. Um, it was just never, never a time of peace with his family after this. Um, but David, he had regret. And we can see in Psalm 51, uh, David's prayer. You can go there sometime uh, to the Lord and just see uh, David's heart over this matter um, and asking forgiveness for what he had done. Um, I, I would encourage you to go back and, and read that sometime. That's Psalm 51. Uh, but David, uh, he regretted what he did, and the rest of his life was a mess. Um, sin, as in James uh, chapter 1 said, we've been going over that in Sunday school. Um, the passage there, it says, when uh, lust hath conceived, or I better just turn there and read it. <laughs> You know, familiar verses that you normally could just like say right off the top of your head when you get up in front of people. It's like everything's a blah, 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 you know. Um, verse 15 of James chapter 1 says, Then when lust hath conceived, or I guess verse 14, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Um, we need to be very, very careful and very serious um, with our walk with the Lord and with the things that we do. Um, covering up sin is going to be uh, a pointless effort because God, He will reveal it. We see that God revealed David's sin. The Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. And we see that it did in David's life. 
Do not try to cover your sin. You know, just get it right with God. As soon as you know that there's sin in your life, just get it right. The more you try to cover it up, the more turmoil is going to be in your life, the more... um, can't think what's the opposite of peace (laughs) more chaos (laughs) the more chaos in your life you're gonna know in your heart that you're not doing right and that can really um, take a toll on you not only spiritually but physically as well be careful about covering up sin God knows what you've done and he knows your heart it's better to just say Lord I messed up and I ask you to forgive me. Please help me not to do this again. And God, He will help you. Don't take the path that David did. Guard your heart. The Bible tells us to keep it with all diligence. Um, Psalm 119, uh, verse 11, it tells us, it says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You know, when we take God's word not just in our head, but we actually put it into our heart. It's going to help us to follow God and keep our focus on Him, not the things around us. It will help us to keep from sin. So we see David's regret. And then last I'd like for us to look at uh, David's life um, was restored. So David's sin, his actions, they had consequences. Um, But God in His mercy... He gave David his life and his kingdom. He also gave David a son that would one day be king over Israel. When I, uh, when I see this in God's word um, in 2 Samuel 12, um, verses 13 and uh, 14 there, it, uh, it encourages me because what it tells me is, hey, even if I've messed up, it's never too late to get right with God. Um, As long as you're breathing, you have an opportunity to ask for God's forgiveness. Um, God is merciful, and He will forgive. First uh, John 1.9 tells us um, that there is forgiveness for our sins. uh, It says, um, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. Whatever sin... Uh, that you may be dealing with, you can get that right, right now. Um, You know, if there's no sin in your life that you know of, make sure that you're not neglecting your responsibility, not neglecting your relationship with God. You know, that's something that is a daily thing. You can't just say, I've got a good relationship with the Lord, and... Go on that for weeks without ever getting into God's Word or praying. Your relationship, you need to build that. You can't neglect that. Um, There are always consequences for our actions, uh, positive and negative. When we do wrong, there's negative consequences. When we do right, there's positive consequences, right? So, the consequences for... Sin is going to be sorrow um, and pain. But the consequences for following God is joy. Uh, You might not be happy all the time, but you're going to have peace in your heart. 
when you know you're walking with God and in His will, um, it is far better uh, to, to be in God's will than to be trying to get away with sin. You know, God is, he is just and faithful to forgive us of our sins, and He will forgive. And tonight, let me just encourage you. Um, if there's some, some sin that you are dealing with, get that right. If there's nothing that you know of, keep walking daily with the Lord and seek to build that relationship with Him. Don't try to just, you know, do your own thing. Don't get in your comfort zone. Stay sharp and be ready because Satan, he's out there and he wants to destroy us. We need to stay close to the Lord and walk with him. So just a a recap. Um, David, in his failure, he neglected his responsibility. Uh, Instead of doing the right thing when he saw Bathsheba and walking away from that, he decided he was going to stay there look and dwell on what he saw. We saw, and he acted on that. We saw that um, the consequences and everything that followed that was bad. But we can counter those things by being humble before the Lord, by walking in the Spirit, and by memorizing Scripture and putting God's Word into our minds and into our hearts. And then we saw that you know if there is sin in your life, you can get that right right now, tonight, and continue your walk with the Lord. So let me just uh, encourage you um, by that. I hope this was a help and just a reminder. Um, And thank you guys for being good listeners. I know I'm not the easiest person to listen to, 